Again, and I'm flying solo once again because I've talked to Ryan, and Ryan is going to join me eventually. Uh, We just have to work out the schedule. He works till late night on Wednesday when I do record this. In fact, as you get this, I have probably finished recording after like two minutes. I don't edit much. I'm zippity doodah, and off we go. But this is the week of November 29th. It is annuals week here at D.C. land that we all are part of. And because of that, uh, number one, I, I well, I can't say that I didn't have a lot to do because I had five reviews to do uh, last night when we do our reviews on Tuesday, and I didn't even get mine done. I got four out of five. Four out of five ain't bad. Isn't, isn't that the Meatloaf song? Isn't that how it goes? Uh, but I didn't do Super Sun's annual, so I'm going to have to record this, shove it out there really quick with uh, hardly any editing, and then go and work on my Super Sun's review, my Super Sun's annual review, which is the Super Animal Buddies uh, issue. But yeah, before I start, I will tell you, if you haven't looked at the reviews, uh, I had some good, good being the Batman Creatures of the Night, number one, uh, which was awesome. Uh, the Mystic U number one was surprisingly awesome because I said my intro, and I know we've talked about it on the podcast a lot, uh, but I don't know if a lot of other sites or podcasts realize the storied history or the stormy history of that book because Alyssa Quintney, who is the writer, ended up writing that book two, two and a half years ago. It was right at the beginning of the DCYOU. And that book was supposed to come out then. And it was going to be either a mini series at that point or an ongoing. I forget that. I don't think she ever told me that, but it might have been one of those DCYOU mini series. And they ended up canceling it, but she got paid for it because we actually had an interview with her, a five questions interview on the site and talked to her about it. And, and over the years, I've even talked to her about it. This is probably the third time that I heard. It was going to be released. So you, you gotta, you know, forgive me for never trusting it, but it did come out and it's coming out as a three issue prestige, uh, book. And if you, uh, it, it's very hokey to say, but if you like Harry Potter, I think you'll like it. But also if you like the Gotham Academy book, and I'm talking Gotham Academy year one, the first year of that, uh, which I loved, I think you'll like this book. And also if you've just been kind of craving, the DC dark characters that we haven't got a lot of in the rebirth or, you know, since the end of the new 52 and the DC YOU, I think that you might be uh, liking this. I mean, in this, you have Zatanna, who's the lead, but you also have Felix Faust's son, a Sargon's son. You have 
uh, Madame Xanadu is a teacher. Frankenstein's in it. Uh, uh, Mr. E, uh, Cain and Abel, Merlin. Uh, the list goes on and on. It really does. Rose Psychic. There's so many crazy dark characters, but in a kind of a teen comedy type book, uh, but actually has some dark undertones as well. So I really, really enjoyed it. I was really, really shocked. It's probably my second favorite book of the week. Uh, uh, you know, after Batman Creature of the Night, Creature of the Night, which I thought was awesome. Uh, the other things that I had, I had the Green Arrow Annual, uh, which I thought was nonsense, and uh, the JLA Annual, Justice League of America Annual, which was complete and utter garbage. And we've been talking in the Slack chat that there's a guy who gave it a 10 out of 10. I really want to know. What that guy's smoking because I want some. I want some now. I'm not even a guy who does that sort of thing. But, you know, if I could see the world through those rose-colored glasses, I'm in. Yeah, give me the ticket. That's two tickets to paradise, baby. I'm in. But, yes, this is uh, the week of November 29th. And like I said, it is annuals week. And because of that, and why I'm talking about the books is there's not a lot of comic book news. And, in fact, most of the news that I'm going to talk about tonight is actually – entertainment news even on the marvel front now again i'm not as savvy at picking out marvel comic book news because i'm not as you know i'm not as learned in that and i don't know what to look for the dc stuff i kind of know what to look for and i really didn't see there was a couple stories some didn't hold water uh some were continuations of last week including that the cyborg book that we talked about last week has been officially canceled. It already was, but yes, it was officially canceled uh, by DC. And in something of a feather in my cap, if you will, I did mention last week that when I thought that uh, Cyborg getting canceled, that would mean that because they had Christopher Priest going on to the Justice League, I did mention that I thought probably the big thing would be for the DC editors to go to Christopher Priest and say, listen, uh, maybe you should center on a cyborg, give us all a good cyborg, especially because a lot of people coming out of the movie did like uh, cyborg in it. And that's what it seems to be. It pretty much an official announcement that what they quote say is that cyborg is the quote unquote head of the Justice League at this point. That's crazy. Goes from monitor duty uh, to actually being the head of the Justice League. Now, him saying that, or them saying that, I wonder if that's also going to be kind of a reaction of some of the other characters kind of not being there because they don't want to, you know, confuse people with metal and things like that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But we're going to get into the DC news of the week, and it's going to start with an entertainment bit of news that's not exactly, you know, the greatest thing. Flash Supergirl co-showrunner fired following investigation of alleged harassment. And this is an Andrew Kreisberg. Uh, story. It's no shock. He he was already suspended, but this is full out. I mean, if you you wondered, oh man, he got suspended. I hope that they find out he's innocent. Well, they didn't. And and I'll I'll talk about it a little bit later too. Following his suspension over accusations of harassment on the set of CW's DC Universe shows earlier this month, Flash and Supergirl executive producer Andrew Kreisberg has been fired following a corporate investigation, and that is obviously Warner Brothers. Uh, the quote here is, after a thorough investigation, Warner Brothers Television Group has terminated Andrew Kreisberg's employment effective immediately, said the studio in a statement via Variety. 
Greg Berlani will assume additional responsibilities on both The Flash, where he will work closely with executive producer, show, uh, co-showrunner Todd Helberg, and Supergirl, where he will work closely with executive producers, co-showrunners Robert Rovner and Jessica Queller. We remain committed to providing a safe working environment for our employees and everyone involved in our productions. And this kind of ties in to something that I heard uh, when Eddie Berganza got suspended or he got suspended early. I think it was 2011 and he got suspended. And at that point, they pretty much spelled out Warner Brothers legitimately seems to be known for one of their most stringent harassment policies. Now, stringent being it should be you harass somebody. You're fired and possibly go to jail. There's where it should be. That sh- There shouldn't even be stringent. There should just be that policy. But they did say that Warner Brothers is one of the biggest ones with their policies and their HR department. This just shows me now is what I want to do is wrap it around to this is that, yeah, Andrew Kreisberg definitely, when, when they had these policies and whatever Eddie Bergenza did, they just demoted him and uh, suspended him without pay and things like that. Now, now they fired him years later after an uproar or more uproar. Whatever Andrew Kreisberg did, it was enough to just get fired there. And and again, some people were, I saw on Twitter like, it's about time. They shouldn't have even suspended him. Well, you start firing people before you actually have an investigation, then you have lawsuits on your hands. So, of course, they're going to suspend somebody, usually with pay, because if it turns out that, you know, the person, him or her, are innocent, then, then you got to freaking backpedal and do that sort of crap. But yeah, I, I don't care if, if people think this whole thing's a witch hunt or whatever. You harass somebody and legitimately you do it, you, sh- you should be fired. You should be fired and never have a job again because most of the time these people use their position of power to be able to do that. And that's just, that's, that's terrible. It really is. But I don't know why I even put these stories. These stories always throw me for a loop and then I get depressed. I get depressed about the world in general, which I don't need comic books to get me depressed and actually it seems like all the comics i have to read do depress me so we'll have to see from that the next bit is actually a full-out comic bit of news mcdaniel replacing porter on the flash number 37 veteran dc artist scott mcdaniel is replacing howard porter on december's the flash number 37 as learned from a notice sent out to retailers by dc comics mcdaniel along with inker mick gray will be drawing the second part of the plan a cold day in Hellark centering on Captain Cold and the Rogues. Now, number one, that gets me excited. We already had a Captain Cold and the Rogues arc uh, with Joshua Williamson in this Rebirth run, and it started off strong and ended up terrible. So I hope, but again, should I be mad though? Because what I've been complaining the most about recently on the podcast is the fact that books are not moving on and they keep dipping into the well of what they've already set up in Rebirth. So maybe that is the case there too, but we'll see. This will be McDaniel's first work for DC in over a year. After stepping aside to work on the creator-owned IT, the secret world of modern banking series for Black Bow Comics. Never heard of that. No reason has been given for the flash change, but Porter remains solicited to do a variant cover for that issue as well as drawing January's The Flash number 38. And I I do talk to Howard Porter occasionally, and I should have done my due diligence and talked to him before this. But what I'm going to do now, as we hear, I'm going to I'm going to send him a tweet and see, or actually a message. And see if there is a reason that he will tell us while we go. And I will check at the end. I see I have not talked to him since April 28th. It's been a while, but I'm going to put here. 
Howard, is there any reason you are not on the flash? Now I gotta check my notes. Isn't this good stuff? This is like this is like personal, uh, you know, podcasting. This is like podcasting one on one. Flash number thirty-seven. Let me see here. Yeah. Why you're not on flash number thirty-seven? And we'll see. Maybe he will write back. Hey, Jim, mind your own goddamn business. Is what I would do if I was Howard Porter. That's what I'd tell me. I wouldn't respect me one bit. But the the thing that makes it weird to me is that this uh, this notice comes so close to it. We're a month from this issue being out, and that's crazy to think that that is happening now. Like right now, you have Scott McDaniel at the board writing, you know, drawing the issue. Uh, that seems odd, and especially they're like, you know what? He's he uh, he's doing the variant cover, and he's on Flash number thirty-eight. To me, that means probably Flash thirty-eight is done, you know, or he's touching it up or whatever. Uh, the most thing, mostly from what I've heard from everybody, is that they're usually at a two month ahead of time, art wise, maybe a month ahead of time. So that's weird, and I wonder if it's just that there was some sort of script change that they already had a thirty-seven done. And then they had to redo it. And in the meantime, Howard Porter's already working ahead on other things, possibly more issues of The Flash. So we'll have to see. I'll have to see if Howard responds to me. But I, I'm not expecting it. Uh, but my next story is Dustin Nguyen wants a Robin Earth One book with Jeff Lemire. And this is a funny story because I love a Robin Earth One book. I am actually one of the guys uh, on the podcast that actually enjoys the Earth. Actually, Reggie does too. So really, I'm throwing shade at Eric. Eric, he hates the Earth One books. And it was because, I, I, I'm telling you, when he heard that the Earth One Batman book had an Alfred that was an ex-MI6 guy and he was a hard... It, it threw Eric off. He he's not uh, like He doesn't like that sort of thing. He actually, because he's the continuity kid, he tends to not like these Elseworld stories. But I, you, you've heard him on the podcast. He's coming around. He's coming around. They're beating him down because they're, uh, you know, that's where a lot of these good stories are. Now, Jeff Lemire did do the Teen Titans uh, Earth One, I believe. I- I'm pretty sure he did. And uh, that's one of Reggie's favorites. Now, Dustin Nguyen, who does a book uh, called Descender uh, with Jeff Lemire, this was basically just Dustin Nguyen coming out and, and saying, hey, you know what would be cool? If we, if me and my man Jeff over here, we did a Robin Earth One book. The problem is, I don't think he ever discussed it with Jeff. This was all a tweet. It's not really a story per se, uh, but it's pretty cool and it makes me laugh. I'll just go right into it. Dustin Nguyen has tweeted a piece of seemingly fan art proposing a, de- a Robin Earth One. It looks like a cover. He kind of screwed around with the cover. Series by himself and Descender collaborator Jeff Lemire. Would be cool, the former Batman artist tweeted. Lemire quickly retweeted the image. But also commented with some seeming cold, seemingly cold water to the idea with, quote unquote, I prefer robots, which is kind of pointing to the Descender book, I'm sure. I've, I haven't read Descender and it's weird because Jeff Lemire, it, it's, I, I hate to, it's a, not hate, but I weird, it's weird to say he's quietly become probably one of my favorite writers. And it's one of those where it, it's, it's weird. It happened with Christopher Priest as well, where all of a sudden, I realized that not not that I sat there and like, oh, Jeff Lemire, I got to grab that. Jeff Lemire got to grab that. But 
I'm reading Green Arrow in the New 52. And I'm like, oh, my God, this Green Arrow by Jeff Lemire and also Andrea Sorrentino had the greatest art in that, that it's so good. So then we move on. Then I'm like, you know what? I really did like the second book I ever read in the New 52 was Frankenstein, Age in the Shade. Oh, my God, that's Jeff Lemire, too. Then I read Black Hammer, and I'm like, holy shit, this is great. Uh, even to the point where I gave it a 10 out of 10, the first issue, and happened, if you didn't see it in the Slack chat, got on some sort of cover or something because I made a blurb that was destined. Uh, I made it only for a cover. That's the only time I've done it, and I and it was basically a bet to Eric. I said, I bet you I could write a blurb that if I – Make a cheesy, over-the-top blur, but meaning it. I didn't fake the funk. That issue, Black Hammer, and there's nobody listening. I know it's a huge hit with the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, and nobody listening would ever throw shade at that book. But, yeah, I pretty much, you know, I, I threw that out there to get on the cover, and I did. But with that, now you're starting to talk through it. Now you have all of these lining up. To be like, holy shit, I think Jeff LeMire's one. It's like almost like, did we just become best friends? I should I should tweet him now. Hey, you know what, Jeff? I, I think you just became my favorite writer. Uh, but yeah, with that, with uh, like I said, with Christopher Priest, I'm reading, uh, obviously, Deathstroke and reviewing it and really, really enjoying it and liking it more and more as it went. Then I realized that I had read his run, or a lot of it, of Quantum and Woody. Back in the day, it was one of the first non-DC books I read after we started our site and used to tell Eric about it all the time. But at that point, I, it might even – actually, it was before the site, and I, I have to apologize to people. I didn't really look to see who wrote or, or uh, drew art for any book. I just read it, and it was all for the story. And this was when I was in that phase where I'm sure a lot of you have been in where you first get in the comics and they're so freaking crazy and great that I was just grabbing everything, anything I say. If I saw a cover that looked great, I was buying it, or, and this was I was doing it mostly digital, but I would go through digital and I'm like, yep, 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 and I'd just read it and then go into work and tell Eric all about it, kind of how me and him both uh, ended up reading the book Six Gun Gorilla and things like that. It's like just crazy titles got me and things like that. But I'll check one more time quick for Howard Porner. And uh, and may oh wait yes he I got to see these breaking news I wish I do I have a song for I do have a song or a sound for breaking news here we go yes breaking news he says hey there yes I'm focusing my attention to the flash war and there are only so many hours in the day there is no drama or anything like that at all see I told you and I'm gonna put I thought so just checking. And this is what you do, young men and women, when you're talking to these creators. Uh, you say, thank you. for uh, Thanks for answering. You are awesome. See, that is a little tip for all you out there who are trying to uh, talk to these guys. <laughs> guys or gals. There you go. But yeah, that's cool. We, we just had uh, the first breaking news live. Kind of live. And we're going to move on to Marvel News. Now, the Marvel News deal is big thing. It's it's Wednesday as I record this, obviously. Uh, even in the Slack chat, it, it blew up when the the Avengers Infinity War trailer dropped. And it, it, the news is saying the first Avengers Infinity War trailer. Of course, there was that Comic-Con one that probably most, if not all of you listening, probably saw uh, the kind of the sneak footage the stone i don't know it's not stolen but they they snuck that footage there and it wasn't the greatest of quality but i really like that 
Uh, but the new trailer, the actual first official trailer hit today. And really, if you want to know anything about it, just, just message my man Trevin. Uh, he, I saw, he was talking about that he was looking through it for the fourth time, freeze framing everything. Uh, either he's crazy insane or he has too much free time or both. And yeah, the, the worst is I talk about Trevor. This is like the third time I've talked about Trevor because it's just immense and undying love of Marvel. And he he's not a Patreon subscriber, so he can't hear this. But I think tonight I'm going to send this to him because I do want to. I do want him to know that I do appreciate his enthusiasm. It gets me all fired up, though I have argued with him, uh, you know, a bunch of times in the. Uh, in the Slack chat once, way back, when uh, when the Slack chat first started, me and Trevor got into it uh, about Tom King. And I think Trevor has come to my side of the argument there. But the first trailer for Avengers Infinity War has been released. And along with it, a synopsis of the film. And here's the synopsis. An unprecedented cinematic journey 10 years in the making, spanning the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel Studios' Avengers Infinity War brings to the screen the ultimate deadliest showdown of all time. The Avengers and their superhero allies must be willing to sacrifice all and an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. And Avengers Infinity War releases in U.S. theaters on May 4th, 2018. And the, the, it obviously it dropped earlier today. I saw a lot of reactions. I saw some screenshots. I didn't get to watch it. So I came home, and me and Logan and Rafe went and played some b-ball. I had to school him in a little basketball. To, told him actually who Reggie Miller was and then showed him by dropping 83s in a row. Actually, that's a lie. But we uh, we came home and me and Logan went to watch. I think we were going to watch American Dad as I was getting ready for the podcast. And then I remembered. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot because when the story came up, I'm like, Logan, we got to watch this. I wanted him to watch it with me. And I, I always like he's my youngest son. I've talked about him a million times, but I like watching things like this with him because he's like the only one left in the house that actually has like a pure heart and will see things and actually react genuinely. So I put it on. I'm kind of watching him out at the side of, you know, you know, look out the side of my eye there at him and we're watching it. And then I realized that he was actually watching me because I'm telling you. This this has gotten me so fired up, and I know that we're a DC podcast. I know that everything we do, DC, 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 but if I went down my list of favorite uh, superhero movies, I've already said to everybody, and most know, that Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, is my favorite superhero movie of all time. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy, but also I love the uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, is probably second, and it's very close, and I love it. I, Chris Evans is, is one of my favorite guys. I love Captain America as a character, even not even knowing much about him, not reading a ton of Captain America stuff. It's just, to me, Captain America, just because of who he is, he's just that that classic, I, I don't know how else to explain it. He's just the classic comic book hero, and I love him. And so when I'm watching this, the minute that he came up, when they're like, and get that man a shield, and you see him, I fucking, uh, that right there, I'm like, I'm in. I, I was so excited. But Logan's there. And the funny thing is, is afterwards, I went and played it to Tanya and Rafe. And I realized that with all of us down the line, each of us pretty much like a different character and movie to the point where you have Tanya, who's a huge Iron Man fan. She loves the Iron Man movies. She loves, and it's Robert Downey Jr. She's a huge Robert Downey Jr. fan. So it's all about, Robert Downey Jr. for her. So she's all excited about that. Rafe, on the other hand, crazy enough, is a huge 
uh, Doctor Strange fan. He just ended up watching Doctor Strange this past weekend for uh, like the sixth time. He loves that movie. I haven't even watched the whole thing through. And, you know, kill me. But uh, he's watching it, and then Doctor Strange comes up, and he's fired up. And he's like, oh, my God, Doctor Strange is in it. This is so awesome. And he's, like, mentioned the guy with him that I don't even know the name. So then it goes from there. So then all of a sudden, you see the bus, and now you see Logan's favorite, because Logan's favorite now is uh, Spider-Man. And he sees that. Now he's going nuts. And then I see Captain America. I'm going nuts. And it's funny, too, because the only other character that anybody really went nuts for until at one point was Falcon, which seemed to be like everybody likes Falcon just to like him. So then it went and it finished, and especially the first time, because when we got done, we ran up and played it to Tanya and Rafe. Like I said, me and Logan are sitting there. And then I was like, God damn it, because in that in that leaked footage, there was a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. There was a lot of the Guardians. And there's, you know, even then you see Thor through this trailer, but he's very, it's very subtle a lot of the times with Thor. So we get to the end and I'm looking at, me and Logan are watching on the, on the computer at this point, And I see there's still like 40 seconds left as it goes to black. And I'm like, oh, it's coming. And then Thor popped up. And, and again, I'll tell you, not a lot. We haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet. We really want to see that, but. Uh, you know, the whole family, even when we were watching it, Thor didn't get anybody. Then when he when he says, you know, who the hell are you or whatever, and it goes to the Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it was like a cheer went up in, in our house. And we were fired up. Rafe gave me a high five. And then immediately, the first question, the three of them immediately, well, when is this out? And it, the worst is, is my family, especially T- Tanya, really. She's under the assumption that if we see a trailer, it must be coming out this Friday. And she wanted to actually go like, we're going to the midnight show, right? And I'm like, it's not until May 4th. <laughs> and she got sad. And uh, then and then she like basically said to me, like, because I get all hyped up like this, and then I won't end up going to see it. So she was kind of sad. I said, no, I, I think that this one will probably take off from school, and I'll take off from work, and we'll go see it. It looks so good. It looks so good. So I can't wait for that. And I, I say all this as the DC guy. I still haven't watched Justice League up until I have watched it up until uh, Batman goes to Flash, and I, I've liked it enough. But boy, I'm telling you, this freaking Avengers thing—it it looks so good. But we'll continue on with more of a entertainment type deal. X Men: The Animated Series, season six. And I don't mean you know if you've watched that, that means a lot. Uh, because obviously it ended at season five. I have actually, again, I'm a DC guy and I haven't watched the Batman the Animated Series, but yet I've seen the first two seasons of the X-Men the Animated Series. But that was way before I even did anything with comics. So X-Men the Animated Series turned 25 in 2017, and though it only lasted five seasons, remains a cult favorite. For those still carrying the torch for a six-season showrunner, Eric Laywald has some ideas in place should it come to pass. I had honestly never thought about it for all these years, but now that you mention it, an idea for a season just came to me. The five-season series ends with a dying Charles Xavier being whisked away to space by Lalandra, where she can maintain his fragile body, but where it seems he will be gone forever from his beloved X-Men. It's like a death 
Leewald told Sci-Fi, recapping the show's final season. Season six could open months later with the X-Men in disarray. A few guy, a uh, few gone, the ones remaining at each other's throats, Leewald suggested. They miss their leader, then somehow they are called to and transported to an existential crisis on Lilandra's distant world. The team grudgingly reunites for Charles, in quotes, heads off to space, solves the crisis, and somehow healed Charles Xavier is either able to return to Earth with them, or, if he can't, his heroic final sacrifice heals the team's wounds, and they return to Earth as the proper X-Men again. As for whether an X-Men the Animated Series Season 6 could ever come to pass, Leywald says there's only one big roadblock, and that's money. If you've got some financing, I know where to find the cast and crew, he quipped. But yeah, that that's all the news. That, that's all the news I got. Uh, I tried to find a bunch of things. There was a little bit of a story that they're going to have a Daphne and Velma uh, movie, like a straight-to-video movie. And yeah, I'm like, Scooby-Doo ain't in, Shaggy. I'm out. I'm out. Werner out. But yes, that, that is the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it enough. Um, it's kind of on the short end this week. Hopefully we'll get some more comic news as these things usually go, especially with the far out sports nuts. Uh, something will drop tonight. There'll be the biggest piece of news in comic book land. And I'll have missed it because I'm recording this and then going off to make and eat dinner. Uh, and I'm having a low sodium choice because I'm trying to get my blood pressure down. I do have a little thing that I, I think might be funny this weekend. I actually have my blood pressure monitor. I bought an at-home blood pressure monitor. And when we do record this weekend, I am going to record. I'm going to, while we record, I'm going to take my blood pressure before we do the JLA annual. And then I will take it after. And we'll see how much Steve Orlando is, is driving me to the grave. So I told Eric I wanted to do that. I thought it'd be pretty funny. So we're going to do that. But yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for your support. Uh, I probably will be putting this out as a general thing, maybe kind of spread the word for the Patreon. Uh, this will probably be the last week I do that. So if you're listening to this and don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and subscribe and listen to a whole bunch of shows like this one. Uh, it won't always be just my jerk-off voice coming at you. Uh, Eric actually told me that he wanted to be involved, but I, I shut him out. I said, you're not involved. I, I want all the praise, and I want my shows to get more likes than his stinking Cellar Dweller show, which I hear, again, rumor, because I think I said it last week, that there is going to be a Cellar Dweller show this weekend on Pumpkinhead. The problem is Eric is really trying to get his his uh, mojo. He's trying to get his groove back and figure out how he wants to deliver the show. He has a lot of ideas, uh, none of which he can really formulate in his head to do. But I, I think that what I have told him to do is 100% perfect. And if he follows my advice, you may have a show tonight that'll be kick ass. If he goes by his, eh, you get a show. It might be, you know, hit or miss. I don't know. But yeah, Eric, he, he really... The thing with Eric is he is a lazy perfectionist, I'd like to say. And not even the lazy, but he, it, his perfectionism actually like makes it so it freezes anything he does because he is afraid before he even starts that it won't be perfect and he wants it perfect. I have told him I hate recording by myself. 
like this again tonight. But I told him basically now you hit record and you go for it. You just talk and talk and talk. But yeah, I'm going to stop now. I'm not going to extend this anymore, but thanks everybody who does support us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you know how much that means to me and Eric and Reggie and everybody involved. And thank you. And I'll go off now. I did have a sign off, uh, that Anthony told me to say, and I, I forgot it. I put it, I wrote it down and I did, I added on a note. I'm the last person who writes notes on paper, I think, anymore. But yeah, I don't have this note. I'm going to try to see if I can find it. But again, I'm going to actually make my own. Uh, Anthony, I apologize. I will have your sign off next week. Here is my new sign off. It's like, listen, guys, I don't make the news. I just report it. Oh!